Welcome to Only Yesterday. My name is Tony, and today we're going to be actually... Fuck. Hold on. Welcome to Only Yesterday. My name is Tony, and today I've got a very special guest. Who are you? I'm Nev. Nev? Nice to meet you, Nev. And today we're going to be discussing living with ADHD, also known as Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. So, sources for today are The Difference Between ADD and ADHD by Understood.org. Um, we've got the DSM-5 from the American Psychiatric Association, and we've also got ADD slash ADHD and Impaired Executive Function in Clinical Practice by Thomas E. Brown from Yale University. <clears throat> so what is it? What is ADHD? Um, so before we get into a formal definition, how would you describe having or living with ADHD? I actually made some notes because I knew I wouldn't be able to do this off the fly. But um, honestly, like ADHD is different for, for everyone. But for me, it's like it's like trying to learn how to juggle. Um, but like someone I can't see keeps throwing new balls at me. Mm. And like I'm trying to balance the ones that I'm learning with and the new ones that are coming in. And I keep dropping them. And like it's that's what it's like for me. Okay. Yo, so it's like you're doing your best to maintain, but then something else comes in that distracts your focus and you're like, oh, sh okay, I need to do this. I need to do this as no, well. I need to do this and this and also these other things. Mm. Yep. Yo, it sounds like a lot. Sounds like a lot to juggle. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so um, formally, uh, ADHD belongs to a class of disorders called neurodevelopmental disorders and is defined as a persistent pattern of inattention or hyperactivity slash impulsivity that interferes with functioning or development as characterized by the following symptoms of inattention and hyperactivity. So we're not going to discuss every single symptom, um, but regarding inattention, um, six or more of the following symptoms have had to have persisted for at least six months to a degree that is inconsistent with the developmental level of the person. Um, and it negatively impacts directly on the social and other important areas of functioning. So symptoms are... Um, often has difficulty sustaining attention in tasks or play activities like lectures or conversations or lengthy readings. Um, often does not follow through on instructions and fails to finish schoolwork, uh, chores or duties at the workplace, or they just easily get sidetracked. They often have difficulty organizing tasks and activities and perhaps just to keep things in a tidy order while at home. Um, and they're often forgetful sometimes in daily activities. And so... That is uh, regarding the inattention portion. Now, regarding hyperactivity, uh, the same six-month and developmental criteria must be met, as well as having symptoms such as often fidgeting with the hands or tapping the feet, um, often unable to engage in leisurely activities quietly. Um, they sometimes interrupt or intrude on others, like butting in on conversations or using other things without asking or receiving permission. Um, and for what it's worth, um, all of these things are difficulties that everyone experiences at various times. And those legitimately diagnosed with ADHD differ, for, differ from others in that they're significantly impaired by chronic difficulty in these cognitive functions. Um, individuals with ADHD differ from one another in their profiles of impairment. Um, again, so it's not one size fits all. There's a whole fucking spectrum here. Um, Absolutely. but most experience difficulty in areas of executive functioning, such as activation, focus, effort, emotion, memory, and action. And so 
Don't worry, we're about to get to more questions because trust, I got some questions for you. <laughs> but we we almost there. And so it's been noticed that some people who have ADHD also share symptoms with those uh, suffering from disruptive mood regulation disorder, mm-hmm. um, oppositional defiant disorder, the autism spectrum disorder, and other personality disorders, like in general, really. Um, so which of the symptoms do you struggle most with and why? Uh, for me, I think I struggle most with um, executive dysfunction um, and task paralysis. I think those are the the two symptoms that I struggle the most with. Um, like, uh, especially now in adulthood, like as adults, you know, we just have a, a never ending list of like chores and tasks to do. And it's always, um, if I don't have a set routine, getting started on doing anything like from brushing my teeth in the morning to like, uh, making food for myself, just, it's, it's really hard for me to get a task started. Um, and like with executive dysfunction, no matter how much I want to do the thing, I just cannot get myself to like, get up and do it. I'll be like, I have to do this thing. It's not going to take me very long. Mm -hmm. It's going to be an easy task. I do it all the time why can't I get up and do this thing? <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Yo. So you mentioned a couple of things, right? Like, so the, the task paralysis and the executive dysfunction. So let's say you're trying to make yourself a meal. Like you're trying to get yourself to make a meal, complete that task, and then sit down and eat it. Like how, how difficult is that? Or oh, It's really difficult, especially like if I don't have, um, or even if I do have meals planned for the week, like just once I get off work, um, my brain is so fried from being on all day that like, I just, I'll, I'll get to the point where I'm like, okay, I am really hungry. I know making a meal and feeding myself will make me feel better, but I physically cannot get up and do it. Even though my brain is telling me like, get up and do it, go do it, go do it. And I just, I, my something in my physical body there's a disconnect there that i just you just can't get up and go do the thing no matter Mm. how much you want to yo and that's that's interesting right uh you would think that people who have adhd would just be constantly moving constantly doing things right like it's it's almost like an inverse um based on the person's you know the the situation the severity of the condition whatever um their life circumstances whatever um i think that's that's interesting honestly um, and so real quick, because I think this is an important distinction real quick we're going to make here. Um, the difference between the terms ADD and ADHD has to do with the symptoms and truthfully the age. And we're going to discuss why here in a minute. Um, so most people with ADHD struggle in, in the three aforementioned areas, inattention, hyperactivity, and impulsivity. Um, but some mainly have trouble with attention or focus. Therefore, before 1994, these people would likely have been diagnosed with ADD, and today the formal diagnosis would be ADHD, predominantly inattentive type. And so I wanted to make that distinction because I've been hearing a lot of people say like, oh, I'm, I'm ADD, and you know, and I, I think that's that's important, right? If they genuinely are suffering from like attention deficit disorder in that in that context, right? Like unable yeah. to focus. Um, I think that's interesting, but you know, clinically we got to be like, yo, it's ADHD. And then there's these subcategories for it. Yeah. Um, like so- when I, yeah, when I was diagnosed, cause I was diagnosed at six, so that was like 98. I was diagnosed with ADD. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
now I just, it's for me personally, I know other people like to make the dis- the distinction, but for me, it's easier just to say I have ADHD. Um, and then if somebody has more questions then I'll say I have inattentive type. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, I mean, it's because it's all under the same umbrella and a lot of, there's a lot of over t- overlap between, um, inattentive type and hyperactive type because you still have hyperactivity with inattentive type. It's just internal. Mm. Uh, the hyperactivity is all internal. Yo, and that's, that's fascinating, honestly. Um, and so when we discuss, you know, we have the, the inattentive type. And so again, I think it's important that we remember these types of things are on the spectrum, right? It doesn't just, it's not just one size fits all. Um, and so what is it like inside your brain on a typical day? Just, That's an interesting question. <laughs> I'm here for it. I am here for it. Uh, to sum it up in one word, chaos. Chaos? <laughs> just, it's just like so many trains of thought that are happening all at one time and trying to keep track of everything that I'm thinking of. Like I can, I can be having a conversation like right now, but I'm thinking about like three other things that I need to do either at home or conversations I need to have with other people or like um, you know, things I need to do to get ready for the work week or whatever, but it's just, um, constant trains of thought that are all going at the same time, um, all kind of overlapping, um, and just interrupt each other. Hmm. Okay. So walk me through a day you wake up in the morning, right? And you're like, yo, I need to get ready for work or I need to get ready to do my daily routine, whatever that looks like for you. Um, how do how do the thoughts interfere with just getting those daily things done? Um, it really depends on the day and like what kind of headspace I'm in. Cause sometimes, sometimes I'll be like, okay, this is, I know these are the things I need to check off my list before I start work. Cause I work from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, most days I can just go down the list and it's fine. Other times I'll like get distracted because I'm like, oh, I just remembered I have to set this out for later because I want to make something with it if I'm like preparing for a meal or if I need to run to the store in the morning uh, before work to to get something. Sometimes I'll get distracted and like um, end up losing track of time. Time blindness is real. Okay. <laughs> time blindness is real. It is real. Um, and so it just, it really just depends on, on the day. And like, um, if like right now I'm, I'm not medicated for the ADHD I have on and off kind of throughout the years. Um, and so sometimes if I'm, if I am medicated, it's like, um, you, everything kind of quiets down. Um, and like you, you're much more able to focus on one thing at a time. Whereas if like right now when I'm not medicated, I, I cannot just focus on one thing. Mm. Um, I can do many different things at, at a time, but, um, my brain is just constantly going all day, every day. <laughs> okay. Yo, that's, that's interesting. And I'm, we're going to talk a little bit more about treatment later. And I have, an, I have an interesting question to ask you about that. Um, so what about work? Like you're at work, you're doing work, or you're at home doing work. Um, how does how does this interfere with your work life or does it even? For me, um, and this is, you know, you've mentioned like it's different for everybody. It's not a one size fits all. For me, like work is a little bit easier than just like doing things outside of work because it's like, it's repetitive. I know what I need to do. 
Um, I have specific tasks that I need to do each day. And like, um, with the type of work that I do, it's almost like playing a role so I can like step into this role every day. I know what I need to do. I know my lines, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. um, but after a while, because it's so repetitive, it gets exhausting. Um, and, uh, I know a lot of people talk about like ADHD burnout, which, um, I think that's the biggest thing that interferes with, um, with work for me is like, if I'm doing the same thing over and over and over for, you know, six months, eight months, I start to get burnt out from doing the same repetitive thing over and over. And then I just, my, my brain is exhausted from, uh, focusing on these things that I have to do for work. And then also trying to, um, sift through all the other stuff that's going on in my brain throughout the day. Hmm. Okay. So at the end of the work day, do you usually feel like you've accomplished, you know, you set out whatever you wanted to accomplish for the day, you got it done? Or is it like some days you're like, fuck, like I just spent a good 35 minutes on TikTok and I should have been working. Like, I, I, I oh, don't know. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That happens a lot. <laughs> oh, right. Yo, it'd be like that sometimes. Yo. And so, um, I think it's it, it again it's important to remember that as we're we're walking through life right we're experiencing each other we're experiencing each other's journeys right like to be mindful because again if someone is you know you're having a conversation with them and they're like looking off in a space like yeah yeah I did. yeah that's crazy bro like <laughs> they might be trying to focus heavily on the conversation mm-hmm. but their brain is just somewhere else yep or sometimes they might be hallucinating and that shit's not fun either. Yeah. So one thing that I have noticed uh, um, for me and something that I've heard from other people who have ADHD is like if if somebody is giving you like their full eye contact attention, like they're not listening. <laughs> if they're looking at other other places and like responding, they're actually actively being part of the conversation. Right. Um, but like um, I, I think I heard this on TikTok. Um, this girl was like. I can either give you my uh, undivided attention or I can give you my eye contact. I can't give you both. Mm, okay. <laughs> Yo, there you go. It's a it's a good way to to understand that not everyone's journey is the same. And so speaking of being human, um, do you find it easy or difficult to maintain friendships slash support groups and why? Um, I really like this question. Um, it's... Again, it depends on the person. Everybody's different. For me specifically, it's hard for me to maintain friendships with people who are neurotypical just because they don't quite understand how I work like other uh, neurodivergent people. Um, Because like I have have friends that I can go two, three months without speaking to and then we'll get together and it's like no time has passed whatsoever and they don't – they're not like upset with me for not contacting them for a couple of months because like, um, because they get it. And like, um, another, another thing with ADHD that is pretty prominent is object permanence. And that goes for people too. Like, Mm -hmm. um, I was, (laughs) I was actually talking to my mom about this recently. She was like, um, she said that she hadn't heard from me in a little while. And it's like, it's not because I don't care. It's just because I forget that other people exist. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> that's right. It, it happens sometimes, you know? So we, we just got to be mindful of that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's also important, right, is to be to be mindful. Like, again, we met, like, second what, like, grade? I, it, I would think it was closer to, like, maybe fifth grade. 
or I don't know, I may have been in fifth grade. So I remember being at the Sorensen Center, right? So I think we met like first, first, first um, in the summer between second and third grade, but we didn't really like become good friends until like fifth grade. Right, right. And here we are over a decade later, Almost like nothing two. happened. Like nothing <laughs> happened. We here, we in the building. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I wanted to, um, you mentioned being being diagnosed at six. Um, I just, my personal thought is I don't, I think it's uh, dangerous to diagnose children with certain uh, certain diagnoses at such young ages mm-hmm. um, because not only is the child still growing, the, the brain is progressing, there's got all this gray matter in there trying to do all its work. Right. Um, this is very critical, like it's crucial time in children's development to say, okay, well, you're acting a bit, you know, it's hard for you to sit down and focus. Um, you have ADHD as opposed to saying, okay, well, I see that it's hard for you to focus. Let me try to, you know, we can do some, we can do some activities. We can try to, you know, draw it in, try to find different ways to, you know, address the, address the situation, right? Yeah. Rather than just being hands-off. And I'm, I'm sure many parents are hands-on doing the best they can, give them credit, give them props. But for those who are hands-off and just really don't take any interest in being involved yet, are interested in the diagnoses mm-hmm. of a child, child, child. We need to do better. Yeah, we just need we need to do better. Absolutely. Okay. It's it's interesting um, to that point because I I agree to that to a certain extent. I think that like giving a a concrete diagnosis at such a young age is is I don't know it it can be good and it can be bad. You know there are pros and cons, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that especially for people of color, like it's really hard for, for people of color to get any sort of uh, diagnosis for neurotypes or mental illness or whatever it may be, um, just because we get overlooked often. And like um, for me, I being diagnosed so young for me is was kind of a, a blessing because I had more support than I would have had had I not had the diagnosis. Mm. But um, I still think that, you know, it could maybe not be entirely accurate. Um, but I, I got really lucky in that department. I had a, I had a mom who um, was really my biggest advocate and w- would like, you know, she, she recognized that there was something going on um, and, and was, um, very uh, a force to be reckoned with. She was like, "We're gonna get down to the bottom this, of this and and make sure you're supported." So, yo, shouts out to mom yeah. for show. That that's what I'm talking about. We need these parents. Okay, yeah, yeah. we need y'all. Um, and so, regarding treatment, um, several stimulant medications and one non-stimulant medication are currently approved by the U.S. FDA for the treatment of ADHD in adults. Um, Details about recommended doses are readily available. However, uh, careful adjustments are required for stimulant medications for ADHD. Um, These drugs tend not to follow milligram slash kilogram guidelines for many parents. Um, Effective for many patients. For many patients. Parents too. Parents too. You know what I mean? Parents too. Um, Effective dosing of stimulants is not related to uh, age, weight, or symptom severity, yet the critical variable is the sensitivity of the individual person's biochemistry to the particular medication being used. Um, 
And so I was, when you were talking about, uh, you said you're, you were currently not doing the treatment or whatever, uh, whatever type of treatment you were doing prior. Um, I was wondering, do you do activities that are, I'll say like that, that require focus and are cathartic at the end of it, right? Like that you feel like a sense of release, like, okay, boom, I got that done, accomplished. Like, do you, do you do types of things like this? Do you mean like, um, like going to a rage room and just breaking mm, all sorts okay. of shit, like something that requires your focus right then and there, or like, I wouldn't say like, you know, bungee, like playing chess, right? Like, or something right. that, that requires that attention and you feel accomplished at the end of it. Um, it's hard. It's hard to do things like that. Like, uh, honestly, a rage room, I think would be fantastic. I think, um, I think rage rooms are a great idea just for everybody in general. Cause sometimes everyone needs that release. Mm-hmm. Um, but things like, I don't know, playing chess or something like that. It's because it requires, um, a lot of like, cause it's not even just focusing that's hard, but it's the amount of time that you have to focus on something, mm-hmm. something like that. Like a, ch- a chess game can go on for, for hours, depending on how good your opponent is and how good you are. Like, um, or something like reading. Um, I like to read a lot, but reading a, a physical book is very, very difficult for me because it requires my attention for a, an extended period of time. But something like audiobooks for me are much easier because I can listen to the book and do other things. Okay, okay. So you feel like audiobooks are helpful for you or yeah. what else? What other kinds of things? I'm I'm interested. I'm sure we got people out here who also have ADHD. We're like, damn, what, what do they do? I would love to know. I'm out <laughs> here like I'm struggling too. What do I do? It's hard. It's a struggle. Honestly, I think the biggest thing that helps most people um, with ADD or ADHD who, whether they are or aren't medicated, um, is routine. Routine mm. is key um, because... Um, even though like, you know, I said earlier, sometimes things that are repetitive can get kind of exhausting, but honestly, if you have that routine and you stick to it, even if the routine routine changes every now and then, like that's, that's really what is going to, in my personal experience is going to, is going to help keep you grounded. Hmm. Okay. Yo, I'm, I'm here for it. That sounds like a good idea. You know, we need to have routines of some sort, right? Um, the, the sporadicness of life is already wild enough. Like at least try to maintain what little bit we can. Right. Um, and so you find just really having a routine in and audiobooks are really helpful. Um, mm-hmm. So now regarding the, the medication portion, um, you said you stopped recently or was it just like years ago you'd stopped? Um, honestly, I've been, I have been uh, medicated on and off since elementary school. Um, most recently was, um, for a couple of years, um, during the pandemic, but, um, I don't know, I've never really found, um, any one medication that has worked for a long period of time. A lot of them, especially stimulants will help for, you know, a few months and then they start to, my body starts to get used to them and then they, they're not working as well as they were before, or I have to find a different combination or something like that. So I think for me, it's, it's a little bit easier because um, I'm not opposed to medication at all. Like if it helps you, I think that's amazing. And there are some people who take 
um, things like Vivance or Ritalin and it changes their life. Mm-hmm. And that's just not my experience. Okay. And so when you said that, you know, it, it did help for a couple months, like how did you, like what differences did you notice? Like what, when you say it helped, like how did it help? Um, it, it, for me, it helped me to be, cause I, one thing that, uh, I get distracted with a lot is my phone. I cannot stay off of Facebook. I cannot stay off of TikTok. Like throughout the day, I'm constantly on it. Um, but it kind of helped me to not be so drawn to it. Like it, I, I didn't need distractions. I could do whatever it was that I was doing and be able to focus on that and not have to like, cause, um, with, for me with, with ADHD, um, there, it, it has to do a lot with, um, sensory input and output too. And so like, if you don't have enough, um, stimulation, um, if I don't have enough stimulation, it, it's, it gets uncomfortable, but, um, Hmm. with sometimes with medication it doesn't feel like that yo that's that's an interesting i'm i'm glad you said that actually um because there were times when i felt like you know just the the silence is it's like almost uh i don't, I don't want to say it's like deafening but it's the silence is almost overpowering right like yeah like okay so now i'm just hear all the silence now my thoughts and the thoughts are so loud. Now it's like, yes. okay, I, I need to do something else. Like I need yeah. to distract oneself. Um, and so I, again, not everyone feels this. And again, not everyone with ADHD feels it. And like people without ADHD feel this shit, bro. Absolutely. Like, so man, we, so, so what can we do really? Um, so we can be mindful that we all have things that we struggle with and that some people may have a more difficult time on, unraveling our thoughts and managing certain situations. Um, you can also reach out to your primary care provider. If you're struggling to manage either the symptoms or just your day-to-day life, um, you can also just take a deep breath and remember that there are many ways to decompress our own brains. So just figure out which way works best for you. Um, do you have anything else? Um, Nothing specific. Um, just, you know, take it at every, anybody to anybody, um, whether you have ADHD or not, just take it a day at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, day by day. I'm here for it. So if you or anyone you know are struggling with issues related to ADHD or the inattentive or the hyperactivity side of ADHD or anywhere in the entire motherfucking spectrum of it, please reach out. Please seek help. Please be there for one another. This world is wild. This world is crazy. But we're trying, and I feel like that should be worth something. So, thank you all for listening. Catch you all on the next episode. Bye. Don't come for me. No, but this is actually fun. It's informative, because I've already learned a couple of things that I didn't know, or things that I hadn't thought about.